Tiffany. Welcome to the backbeat. Well, Welcome back to The Backbeat. Uh, today I'm here with 90 Ivy, who are a Sydney-based four-piece indie rock band who claim to write happy, sad songs for happy, sad people. Um, I've got Leighton and Agnes on the call with me right now. How are we doing today? Yeah, not too bad. Doing very well. Feeling good. Feeling good. How's things on your end? Oh, well, we were just discussing. It's not the not the greatest, hey? <laughs> um, for those listening, I've got Miss Rona. I am sitting at home with COVID, um, but not the worst of it, so we'll be fine. Um, Such a you guys trooper. Were, okay. Such a trooper. We're still doing <laughs> Thank you. So much. Uh, you got to do what you got to do, you know. <laughs> I already cancelled on one interview on Thursday. I was like, I can't, can't cancel on a second one. We'll get through it. Um, but you guys were previously called the Flowers, um, and I spotted like the name change, like when it happened on the Instagram for August last year, just mm-hmm. before the now, just before now or later was released. Yeah. It's probably a question that you've had quite a bit. But what prompted the name change? Well, I think it was one of those things where, like the flowers, when you listen to that, it sounds pretty, but it is quite a a generic name. Um, So it was one of those things where I felt like we were going to maybe come across things that might uh, work against us in the future. There might be a few million bands already called the flowers and we're like, oh, let's let's, let's think of something a little bit more unique um, that would kind of, that has a little bit more meaning to the flowers was just kind of like, all right, that's something in the corner. Let's just call it that. Um, Mm -hmm. But 90 IV kind of, has a bit more of a meaning behind it. Um, and, you know, we got new members in the band. There's four of us now. We originally started as three. We have two new members. And it just, like, kind of signified a new time for, for us as a band. So, yeah. Okay, so, so what does 90 Ivy mean? You can take this one, Agnes. <laughs> it took us, like, six months to come up with a new band name. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, 90 Ivy, I guess the 90 represents both um, we're all born in the 90s and also super influenced by... 90s indie pop music um and then the ivy is sort of because we're a four piece and the roman numerals for four is one like i and v we thought it was kind of like a cute little play on that so it's sort of like 90s babies and there's four of us no, we just wanted to be at the top of search results with a nine. We just wanted our music just to just get that many. That was actually numbers. the meaning behind it. Exactly. So is, is that how it works? Are numbers up the top first? I yeah, suppose that makes sense. Five, like the numbers are at the, so it's like, you know, we've got the 1975, you know, five seconds of summer, 90 <gasps> Ivy. You know, it's kind of like, we're just at the top of the chain. So now it's fun. Oh, that's such a hack. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Such <a> nice. <laughs> Definitely the real reason. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, that's that's so interesting. I know that a lot of artists, especially recently, I'm seeing a lot of artists are changing their musical style or their even their visual aesthetic. Um, but yeah, not typically a dramatic name change. Do you think that maybe you would have potentially lost people along the way who knew you for the old name, haven't clicked to the new one, or has it been a pretty smooth ride in that sense? 
I guess like the thing is with this is that we knew that this might be something, but we're it's still such early days. You know, we're such a fresh band. We wanted to make mm-hmm. this decision before we had dropped 10 studio albums. You know, we really dropped one EP. So like, we're going to do it. Now's the time. Maybe we'll lose a few people, but I do feel like this name is going to in the long run be a little bit more beneficial to us. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think that to, to answer the question. But that was definitely a fear for us. Um, that's mm. why it took us so long. It was it was definitely in the back of our mind, like, how do we do it well? How do we, Yeah. Um, how does, there's not a lot of examples to look to, too. So it was really challenging and that was definitely in the back of our minds, but we had to do it. We knew we had to do it eventually, so. Yeah, I guess it was one of those things as well, like when we were creating new music, which we're doing at the moment, we didn't want it to be one of those things like, hey, we're actually a new band. We have a new sound because that's not the case. It was simply we need mm. to change the name because it's just not working for us. Um, mm. But in terms of the music and, and sonically, it's essentially like identical. Um, you know, diverse with the different songs, but we're still the same band essentially. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was listening through what what would have been the older and and the newer stuff, and it's you've you've been able to stay uh, quite consistent. I say. Um, <laughs> And from, like, you originally debuted with Truly Madly Sleepy, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is my life motto at this point. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The whole whole, um, The Flowers EP itself, is that just, I'm assuming that's, like, sort of signifying the departure from the old name? Yeah, end of an era. We did want to sort of, like, pay tribute to that chapter of our life and keep the flowers still close to our heart because it was how how we started. Mm. Um, So, yeah, that kind of was the reason behind that name. Yeah, cool. And from Truly Madly Sleepy onward in in the same line as, like, keeping that consistency, you've worked with Pete Holes who's done, like, he's got some serious names and titles under his belt. It's amazing. Um, And it sounds like that would be such a fantastic resource to have in keeping your sound consistent as well. and it's definitely working. How did you find Pete and how's it been working with him and having his input? Yeah, so Pete is just firstly is one of the coolest dudes in the world. Like any up-and-coming artist or even, you know, established <laughs> artist, like Pete is the guy. Get in yeah. a room with him and, and figure out with him. He's, he's the easiest guy to work with. It's, it's crazy. And uh, whenever we're in the studio with him, it's an absolute pleasure. Mm-hmm. Any idea we throw at him, he's super down to try. He doesn't say no to anything. Um, and he just wants the best product for us. And basically, um, I used to play in another band um, when I was a bit younger and I met Pete through through that band. And then I reached out to Pete when we started this new project. I said, hey, I've found this amazing singer. Uh, her name's Agnes. <laughs> and we want to come in and record this song. And we did. And then, yeah, we've worked with him pretty much for every song yeah. um, that we've that we've um, that we've done. So mm. got about 11 or 12 with him and it's just, yeah, it's just been very, it's just worked very swimmingly. Yeah. You've known him for like how many years now? Yeah. I've grown up, I've grown up with him. Uh, he's like, <laughs> he's like my father. So <laughs> I sit really close to him in the studio room and he gets, he gets a little bit, you know, weird out. He's like, out of my kitchen. I'm trying to work. He actually applied, did he apply to be his intern? I wanted to be his intern. I was like, Pete, I'm going to quit my job and it's time for me to come and work underneath your wing. And I want to become your child. Uh, <laughs> adopt me, please. Yeah, adopt me, Pete. Now, um, no, he's 
coolest, so cool, so relaxed. I'm yeah. like, like, he literally can read our minds. Too. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. He's it's just crazy. And um, every time I'm like, hey Pete, we want to come in, do a new song. He's always like, yep, books and dates. And then at the end of the session, I'll be like, Pete, is that your favorite song? That's the best song we've done, right? And he's like, yeah. I'm like Pete, you said that every single time. Um, so no, he's he's awesome. So yeah. does he being so open to what you guys want? and what you want to achieve. Is there any, ever any moments where like he actually has that input and you go, oh yeah, no, let, actually let's take that instead. Well, the, the thing, the thing is with our process, which I don't know, like how a lot of bands work. I know a lot of bands might do things differently, but the, the process that we do in terms of being in the studio and, and songwriting and that sort of stuff, Agnes will usually, well, not usually, she will all the time send me an acoustic version of a song and she'll obviously play it and I'll be like, holy shit, it's amazing because it always is. And then we take it to the band and then we jam it and then we take it to the studio and then Pete's like, cool, we're doing it. And then yeah. we just do it. Um, so it's not really one of those things where we're in the studio for like, you know, weeks trying to figure out a song or lyrics. Ag's, Ag's written the song and then we all work on the song and produce the song up together in the studio with Pete's um, brilliance, essentially. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, how it works, really. Yeah. It's pretty easy then. That's a pretty swift process. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 worked well for us. Um and yeah, I guess it's just one of those things being in the studio. It's just, yeah, it's a very collaborative sort of thing. We're all throwing in ideas, you know, whether Tom's on the synth or, you know, Liam's putting his guitar plays in or, you know, Pete's mucking around with, with something like it's, it's a, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, typically that's how we kind of go about the, the recording process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very sort of everyone in then, because I know I've spoken to a couple of bands who their writing and creative process is at least one particular band I can think of is um, basically all on the sort of lead vocalist and I think he does guitar as well. Um, And the way that they described it was that he, because he has experience in all of these main instrumental areas as well, he basically writes the song and goes, we're playing this. (laughs) Like this is how it's going to be. Whereas you guys, it sounds a lot more um, sort of integrated with all the other members. Definitely. I think, yeah, it's a lot of like problem solving because like you have maybe like the core of the song, um, but like Leighton said, it's an acoustic like Mm. songwriter song to start with. And it's a lot of just figuring out how do we get it to, um, you know, the normal 90 Ivy sound. And that takes everybody's um, like parts and, and input because everyone's just an expert in their own fields and everyone brings their expertise and that's how. yeah we all come from very different like musical backgrounds like yeah ags this you know singer songwriter you know like a few of us are from, from more of that sort of rock world so i think when it blends in it turns into this like i don't even know how to know indie pop sound or like yeah. whatever it, whatever it wants to turn into but um but yeah and the songs just evolved drastically like you know like we have a song coming out on the 31st called Tiffany. And, and I think you mentioned a few times, like it started off as like a, like a sort of waltzy sort of ballad, like three, four waltzy ballad. And then we've taken it into the studio and it turns into this like, you know, big cool rock song. And it's mm. just like. Um, it's so cool to like look back at 
those initial voice memos and then just see how far it's come to like, mm. it's, it's extremely trippy. It's almost all of our songs. We have that equivalent. We have that first recording or that first jam and just to see how different and better it ends up being is like so cool. Yeah. Well, I was having a listen to Tiffany, um, in, in, in lead up to this. And I like that key line of you called it monogamy or well, who the hell is Tiffany. I feel like that's also a regular phrase in my life at this point. Um, <laughs> um, oh, but <laughs> oh yeah, some shade there. Definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, in the, in the songwriting process, again, it's as is often the case, songwriting is, or at least the end result is often super relatable and usually based on personal experiences. And this one is sort of said to be more of an introspection into the less portrayed, less sort of codependent and toxic practice of analyzing the internal relationship rather than Mm. the other person, the other woman, Um, which I love because that, that the opposite of that makes no sense to me. Um, It details that you've said the anxiety, the hurt, the bargaining and everything, the process of moving on, which yeah. again is so relatable. How would you guys personally probably then advise about that process of grieving basically and moving on and and everything? Yeah, um, I guess I guess just that, a lot of introspection. That's the sort of key thing that I wanted to hammer home with this song is a lot of the time these types of um sort of infidelity based songs they're always looking at the other they're always um sort of very much looking outside of themselves but i i don't know i just wanted to write from a different perspective because i know i know for myself that it's a lot of the time when there's a breakdown of a relationship it's a lot to do with the two people not third parties and and external factors Mm. so yeah that's kind of what I I don't know like that I do I do know that there's a lot of songs out there like that but I I wanted to put my own spin on it yeah definitely I think it's a way healthier perspective to have and practice to have um and obviously like the hurt of it the kind of the first response in those situations is you know this person's invading and it's all their fault and if they Mm. weren't there then this wouldn't have happened kind of thing but um yeah that logic of attacking the other person instead of the one responsible is just wild to me (laughs) it's just illogical yeah and 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 going back to the the sort of intro and calling yourselves a band that writes happy sad songs for happy sad people what how would you define that happy sad I guess it's a, sorry. No, no, you go. I guess it's just a mix of, you know, between sonically and lyrically. Like, you know, I I feel like a lot of the lyrics that Ag writes, um, I'm not going to say they're sad, but like, you know, we mix them with upbeat, especially with our first EP. That whole EP is quite upbeat. Like there's not one ballad on that thing, but like when you listen to the lyrics, it's kind of like, Oh shit. Like it's, <laughs> you're going to kind of like, um, you know, think about, think about them both, but yeah, I guess it was just like, that's kind of just what we kind of said from the beginning and you know, whether we're going to say that to the end, we're not sure. Just kind of something that we've kind of, um, kind of work with and, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of, yeah. What do you think about that? I'm not too sure. <laughs> yeah. I would say that like, I, I t- like I turn to songwriting because I find it kind of hard to like talk about like my feelings. But when you can like really sit down and and 
turn them into something pretty, then it's a lot easier to sort of process it. So that was kind of my outlet is trying to, because when I do try to express like maybe sad emotions, I, I find that I trip over myself, I stumble on my words, whatever. But when you like are able to turn it into something melodic and happy sounding, then I, I just felt like that just suited me a lot better. So it was, that was kind of the, the meaning behind that is sure they might, and not all the time, I don't always write sad songs, but um, yeah, the, turning those sad emotions into something that you can still dance to. We finished a song in the studio just then that is probably the most beautiful love song I've ever heard. That's true. Okay. And it's just she, and I was just like, Ag, we need to do this song. Uh, I got that messaging. I was like, this song, this song, this song, this song, love it, love it. She's like, oh, I don't know. I was like, no, like it's the. <laughs> The one like it is so corny lyrically and so just <laughs> like, not normally in my wheelhouse but like i think obviously. it's okay to have those songs every you know yeah. like we're just you know we're just making we're making music we don't have to put on this whole like you know it's just like hey you can have a corny love song like yeah everyone's kind of got one like it's okay like yeah uh, not always happy sad yeah <laughs> yeah and i think that kind of goes back to like people who change their style again is, you know, you don't just because you're known for one thing to start with doesn't mean you have to commit to that. Like the, the point of creative freedom is the freedom. And, um, I would, I think I was chatting with, I can't remember who it was, but a previous episode we were chatting about exactly that and that they, they've been able to open themselves up to a whole new audience because they've split away from what was, I think originally was like mainly pop punk stuff into more pop than punk stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just brought in, it's allowed for this extra area of freedom, but also allowed this whole new audience to, you know, know who they are and, and, and this whole new means of expression. Um, It's so like, it's so counterintuitive, but you do, get this feeling sometimes where you have to corner yourself into what has worked in the past and you're like well we do this so we have to keep doing this but it's like yeah it's a creative venture like we're supposed to be experimenting all the time and we're supposed to be you know expanding our sound because that's what art is you Mm. know um but it does you do sometimes get into that sort of repetitive like we we need to keep to this sound does it sound exactly like our previous songs but we've definitely um branched out i think yeah i think with this with the ep that we've just completed that we're going to put out at the end of the year we we definitely said like this there's going to be seven different tracks on it or maybe like that's what it is at the moment uh tentatively but you know we definitely wanted to go with the with the idea that not every song is going to sound like exactly the same there is one song that's up here and there's one song that's that's you know, like that's a ballad. Like we have a lot of different sort of um, like it all kind of ties in, but it's just like this, this one's a little bit more rocky. This one's a little bit more poppy. This mm. one's a, we didn't really want to kind of just like, Hey, our first three EPs are all going to be indie pop. And then we're going to, we're just going to like from the get go, like we're mm. always going to have like diversity, yeah. um, which I, and think- I don't know how smart that is from like a business <laughs> side of things. Oh, well, we have so do? much fun. We like, have fun. With yeah. It. Like, you know, I don't think there's a, is there a right, right way or wrong way? I have no idea, but like, I've seen a lot of people become successful by doing crazy things and I'm like, yeah, let's just, let's just go with it. So. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, yeah, there is, I don't think there is a right way to go about it because the point of it is, is the creativity and, and, and reaching to people in those different ways and stuff. Um, it's, 
I think it's about the comfortability and the familiarity for a lot of people as well in like, you know, again, like saying, you know, this is what has worked for us so far. So why don't we just stay? Cause we know that that's going to keep working. But I think in creative industries, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's beneficial either in music in particular, because, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's the, you know, okay, this is what works. We know people like this, but then eventually people are going to get bored of the same shit. Like it's just going to sound the same and you, no one really wants that. Um, (laughs) And there's the whole, like, you know, there's no such thing as an original idea argument as well, but, I think being able to expand and and experiment like that allows for that you know mash and amalgamation of of, of new ideas to create something that is new. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and even like some of my favorite bands, like let me say like the nineteen seventy five, for instance, right? Like they've got those songs that are the upbeat, poppy songs, and they can also do like this, the sweetest ballad in the world, and like they don't. It's but it, you know, it's them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. and rather than like pandering to their audience they're like we know what you want don't worry mm. don't worry we got we'll this be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're gonna give you what you didn't know you wanted but yeah. here you go yeah yeah and it was funny because i was like listening through you know your discography and i think one of the first songs i can't remember what it was but as soon as i started kind of making my way through i i literally said out loud like oh this okay so they're like they're kind of like the 1975 and oh. then there's all these other bits and i was <laughs> reaction there (laughs) um yeah that was like the first thing I said like out loud just to myself alone of course isolation um (laughs) but but yeah there's definitely aspects of influence that you can you can pick throughout for sure yeah we're we're mega fans yeah absolutely the 1975 I mean probably for good reason let's yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but I mean, again, on the sort of the familiarity and then also the happy, sad side of things, um, a, a large focus of a lot of the chats that I like to have on here comes back to mental health conversations eventually at some point, usually, because um, I think that music in particular is a huge resource and a crux for a lot of people. Um, and saying that, like you were saying, you, you have struggle with uh, expressing feelings and, and getting things through. Um, do you, do you find that mental health is an influence or is it the other way around where music just like helps you through it or is it part of it at all? (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, Leighton has been witness to a lot of my, like just anxiety, bouts of anxiety, probably sometimes triggered by a release. Um, and then sometimes, alleviated by by music so it's a cycle but definitely the reason why I I got into music in the first place is um like I said struggling with anxiety and and body image issues and all those kinds of things that I write a lot about in um in my music but yeah it's almost like when you say it it kind of it's outside of you now and Mm. it and also other people resonate too and that's all part of the healing as well so yeah I would say that while sometimes music exacerbates it when you when you're when you're thinking about oh my gosh what are people going to think when you release a song that's talking about you know your feelings because it is quite a vulnerable position to be in but then immediately it's alleviated because you realize that everyone's kind of going through the same shit 
Yeah, definitely. I think audiences usually appreciate the vulnerability and the honesty behind a lot of songwriting. That's how they attach to it and they they go, yes, like someone understands me. This is how I feel. And I'm Um, the exact same way, but it's it's strange how like sometimes – you forget that when you're doing it yourself. Like I, I, my favorite songwriters are those that are just like extremely open, but yeah, it's, it's still scary. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Um, I guess that's what makes the vulnerability so much more valued is that they then in turn recognize this is, this could be a big deal for someone who's going through this and, and is actually like expressing it. Um, and I think that's where the appreciation comes from for sure. Mm. Um, You've got Tiffany. Um, Tiffany comes on the 31st, yeah. 31st, okay. And you've got the headliner launch in a few weeks, you know, hoping and praying that that goes ahead um, <laughs> at Oxford Art Factory in Sydney. Um, what are you looking forward to about the release and the gig and, and, and is anyone else playing? Yeah, we've got, yeah, we've got um, Sarah Wolf also opening for us. Um, she's also an incredible emerging Australian like dark pop artist and also my best friend (laughs) so that'll be fun we've actually never played a show together and um this is actually the first show we'll be playing for about a year no Mm. well it's yeah it's first headline we've done in a (laughs) first headline we've done in like a very long time but first show right like yeah I think the last one we did was maybe with a million. Yeah. Um, was it with clues? I don't know. Maybe April time in yeah. 2021. Yeah. So there's also a lot of just that anticipation and, and um, excitement around there. And then just more broadly about the release, it's we've we've got a lot, yeah. like a lot going for this release. We've got a music video that um, we've been working on. It's just, I don't know, I'm obsessed. Yeah. The music video, we, we worked on that with, um, with Jacob Thomas. Um, he's, uh, he sings in the million, um, mm. and he's like the coolest dude. And yeah, we just hit him. I was like, yo, do you want to do a clip? And he's like, yep. And then like, cool. And then we did it and we shot it over a day. It was a, it was a long day. Like we started day. shooting at like, I don't know, nine, we left at three thirty AM and we shot in like barrel, um, yeah. which is like an hour and a half, uh, inland from, yeah. from, yeah. uh, um so yeah we we have the clip um yeah the song we're super excited for we actually did we, we recorded tiffany what like two years ago up at the coast with a with a with a producer called simon dobson he's really cool too he's currently yeah. working with uh, an artist called gloomy she's awesome um and yeah and pete done a bunch of additional production on it so yeah, it's just, it's all kind of coming together. I feel like everything that's, you know, been holding us back in the last year or so is kind of finally subsiding, if that's mm. the correct word. Um, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, touch wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I um, I think I, ca- I can't remember which video it was. It may have been Truly Madly or something. There's a video that I came across yesterday. Um <laughs> And I thought it was coincidence, but now I know better that it had a very '90s vibe to it as well, like the visuals of it. I can't remember what the song was. It might um, have been for it. Was what? it? Was there a lot of like animation and? Um, it had yeah. There it was kind. I think it was almost a lyric video as well. It had yellow text oh. lyrics. Oh, that was now later. That was that now was later. The, now the later. Video yeah. 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 I was like, oh, this is very '90s. That that might just be a coincidence with the name, but now '90s. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Absolutely. it's very nostalgic. I love it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, that was cool. We put that together and, um, 
Yeah, this one, we weren't in that one, but this one is, yeah, this is kind of... The whole band. The whole band and us us performing and... Um, bit of acting. Bit of acting. <laughs> Agnes's <laughs> acting, terrible acting, acting career has now begun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. You got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. God. <that's> right. <laughs> I realize how hard acting is. I could never, killed it. ever do that. No. You it killed was... it. You're going to audition for Home and Away. Now. <laughs> like, I'm leaving the band. I have a new career. I'm on Summer Bay next week. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean, it might be your last <laughs> chance. Neighbours has just finished up, so. <laughs> it just, they, it's ended. Yeah, I'm so yeah. I love everyone's so sad, but yeah, so like I no one watched it. I haven't it. watched it in like 13 years. Uh, I don't know. Same. Like, how did they? St- anyway, how did they? <laughs> I, I don't want to, but it is sad that it's leaving. But also, none of it. Like, I am responsible for not supporting yeah. them. You yeah. know, so I can't be that sad. Yeah, but, um, but I, yeah, I still am. I mean, I think it was a different generational focus anyway, um, different audience, but I definitely grew up watching a lot of it and and looking back, I'm like, no, it definitely was just soapbox trash TV, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) How do you keep the drama going? Like, don't the writers eventually run out of ideas? Grey's Anatomy is up to, like, season three million. Don't don't these people in this imaginary world ever get a break? Like, there's always something going on. It's just like, holy, you know, like... Either either they've got drama or they're dead. So, you know, um, I had, I went to uni with someone who was a a cast member. She was like a main character. She played uh, Toadie's daughter towards the end, Willow. So Margot Robbie, is she your name? (laughs) No, I don't know Margot Robbie. I wish I knew Margot Robbie. Um, (laughs) Yeah, my God. Oh, what a, what a day. Um, But no, I had whoever, I can't remember her name now, Mika. Um, In more recent seasons, she was an actress. And then I now currently work with someone who used to do a lot of the like camera work for it and so I've got these connections and they're all like oh it's ending this is the end of the world so sad um but we'll just have to see what trashy tv takes its place I guess (laughs) yeah I don't don't want to open up this can of worms if that's the right thing but I've been on the maths train and I I want to yeah. I, I never wanted to jump on, but I'm like, I'm all the way now. I'm to the end. You're so invested. Yeah. So, so am I. Like, I'm guilty too. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but it did. I can't do it personally. I get the I get the drama and the attraction to the drama and, and sitting there going. So I feel like it is. Oh, and you just have, 100%. Like, conversations look so fake. I'm mm. like, hmm. But it still elicits such like a, after I watch an episode, I just am mad. Like I'm <laughs> Just angry, and I don't, I can't figure out why until I'm like, oh. We'll be texting about music. Olivia. We'll be texting about music stuff, and then like the it'll just change to math. So yeah. Like, <laughs> transition. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe that's the next inspo. Maybe like one of the character names can be the next Tiffany. One of the next people. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Would you be on board for a math bet? No one has to know where the inspiration comes from. No, Hell, no. Definitely not. I just like I, I kind of really want this song to blow up and be the biggest song in the world. But I feel sorry for all the Tiffany's if it does. Yeah, that's because <laughs> they're yeah, all going to be like, oh no, I didn't do it. I swear. Tiffany, yeah. Tiffany is the one that anyone should should. Tiffany, Tiffany that. is the the alias for the idea. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna like be keeping an eye out for any, you know, female named songs from now on. I'm gonna be like, that's the maths one. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know. Oh, God. 
it's so funny. We we got a whole back. Like I almost was like, don't talk about maths today. Don't talk about maths today. And like, yeah, it's, about maths it's today. bad. It's bad. I, I said I wasn't going to do it. And, uh, and then, yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but no, can't wait um, to see where if that sparks anything. Um, you heard it. Hit yeah. The yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm personally loving Tiffany the song. Not I don't know a Tiffany, but the song is great. Um, it's yeah, it's got a great beat to it. I love it. Um, coming out thirty first before or after this, we'll see. Um, <sighs> I'm at the end of my questions now, so we're up to the big boy. Uh, what are each of your top three Aussie artists at the moment? Yeah, uh, you can go first, Jack. Yeah, we, we've both come with three because we yep. just couldn't, couldn't whittle it down. Um, we've already talked about uh, two of mine. So Sarah Wolf, mm-hmm. dark pop, Aussie icon. She just released a song on... Um, Wednesday called Spiders that is just so in my head. It's like, it's on repeat. Um, so Sarah Wolf, definitely check out her music. Um, and Gloomy too. Mm-hmm. She's um, pretty, pretty new on the scene. Uh, she's got, I think, three songs out at the moment. Um, and I actually saw her at uh, King Street Festival as well, just this past weekend. Amazing live, just really like vibey music. Um, sort of 90s inspired too I'd say um and her voice is just extremely delicate and just her lyrics are mind-blowing and um my third I've been uh, a huge fan of Alexander Biggs for like years now and I just like I'm still listening to his album like it came out about a year and a half ago and it's still just on heavy rotation it's it's um, heartbreaking, um, but it's kind of music that you just like blast in your car, in your car and cry to. I don't know whether that's relatable at all, but a hundred percent. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's like very, I'd say like Elliot Smith inspired. Um, yeah. Just heartbreaking lyrics um, and beautiful melodies. So yeah, yeah those are my three. Yeah. Beautiful. I think um, obviously Australia has got a crazy amount of good acts that are, that are around the scene at the moment. It's, it's honestly so good to see, but I think three would have to be clues. I think they are just, they're one of those bands I can't take off and they're the nicest people in the world. Yeah. And they, I think they're going to be like international superstars. Like I think their music is just so everything lyrically the way it's sonically it's just and I've, I've never really heard a band like blues before no. like i i think well, who do they sound like and i just can't i can't put my finger on it and they're so unique yeah um i love that i love that about them um another artist uh chris lanzen um he's singer songwriter um one of the nicest guys in the whole entire world and i think he's going to be a superstar too his songs are just so delicate and just so from the heart and it's just him and, and his guitar you know not much production um and it's just yeah you just have it on on a, on a rainy day and it's just you know really does the trick yeah. uh and Illusionals, <laughs> i think they're they're incredible too they i think there's some they're a band that we kind of would maybe like like maybe consider like is that, that would definitely inspire us sonically mm-hmm. in, in some sort of um, some sort of elements, um, yeah, melodically, um, yeah, and sonically, they're just they're just great, and um, yeah, I think that's kind of six actually. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fine. We can keep going, yeah, we can but keep we won't. <laughs> no, no, you can do if you want. 
Um, uh, we usually, I've been trying to, and I keep forgetting to um, make a playlist out of each episode's, you know, top three artists and things. So if you've got more, give them like <laughs> more than welcome. Oh, there's heaps. There's just, yeah. just days. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, even like, yeah, the million are great. Um, yeah. I think Hatchie's awesome. Like I think she's, mm-hmm. Her music is just, I just can't turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the, there's, we've obviously had uh, some, the negative effects of COVID on the local, like music economy and everything like that. Um, But coming out of it, I think it's been uh, sort of a, a sign and, and, quite beneficial in the end because we've kind of been forced to support our locals instead of internationals. Um, like I, the festival that I went to where I caught Miss Rona, um, was a totally Australian lineup and it was phenomenal. Um, and I think I've been seeing that a lot lately at festivals and everything like that. We've got a couple of internationals coming back now, but it's really cool to see local acts being supported locally. It's amazing. You're so right. Yeah. I've been seeing that too. Um, it's, it's with all of the drama and trauma that COVID has brought on that that's one lining definitely mm. um, championing Aussie artists and really giving them the headline stage that they deserve. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay. Well, we're going to plug again. Um, Tiffany's out on the 31st. You got a gig on the 9th of April in Sydney. Is there anything else you guys wanted to throw up? <laughs> Yeah, I guess um, just kind of look out for new for more music after Tiffany. I think this year is going to be a, a year for a lot of music for us. Mm. You know, um, we'll definitely be dropping an EP at the end of the year. And um, yeah, I guess just follow us on socials. Ninety Ivy, nine O I V Y. Yeah, yeah, yep. pretty nice. much. <laughs> All right, sick. And maybe eventually we'll see you down in Victoria sometime, and I can come see you guys play. Yes, that would be amazing. Love that. Very soon. Or Bendigo. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll book you if you're in Bendigo. I work booking here, so let me know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, cool. Um, well, I'll see you whenever I see you and can't wait for the new music and have a lovely day. Thank you, you so too. much for having us. Thanks so much. Thanks for chatting. See you guys. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out 90 IV online. That's 90IVY. Definitely go check out Tiffany. It is out on the 31st of March. If you're in the Sydney area around Oxford Art Factory, definitely go check them out live on the 9th of April. Thank you so much to Leighton and Agnes for chatting. Even with my COVID voice, I hope this wasn't too too hard of a listen for you guys. Thanks for listening. Catch you when you tune in next time.